Welcome back to Yes Fitness Functional Longevity Podcast, where we give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Hi, my name is Chris Borda, best-selling author and owner of Yes Fitness, coming to you live from this beautiful day in Burlington, Connecticut, where the weather's warm, and it looks like we're going to get a decent weekend here. going to get a stretch of some nice weather. A little rain here and there, but we're going to get a stretch of some nice weather. A little bit of housekeeping. Just start off. Uh, we have Easter and Passover uh, this weekend. Uh, maybe Passover last weekend. Anyway, we have Easter this Sunday, and it does not affect our schedule at all. We are open all day Saturday, Good Friday, Friday night, and Saturday. All our normally scheduled programs and sessions are on. So. That's where we're at with any kind of housekeeping. So today, let's just get right into us. Today, we are going to talk about how to overcome your power outage right now to enjoy an active life down the road and how power affects your ability to improve your health span. So Let's just start right off with this. We know that skeletal muscle changes as we age. We lose it, right? You can see when we're in our 20s and our 30s, we've got some muscle on our bodies. And if we take a look at maybe our grandparents or maybe even our parents, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, for sure there's less muscle. And muscle performance declines as we age as well. The research shows that strength declines in sedentary this is sedentary older adults at a rate of about 1% per year, beginning in their 50s, which then accelerates to approximately 3% per year once you've reached your 70s. So my average age clientele is 57 years old, okay? We have people all the way into their 90s. They've Hopefully, since they've started working out here, sure that they've stopped that loss of muscle performance and muscle loss because let's face it if we're going to live older we're living into our 60s 70s 80s 90s we want to make sure that we have muscle we want to be able to perform and the declines in muscle performance have been primarily attributed to the loss of muscle mass that is attributed to the aging process which is called sarcopenia if you haven't heard that before that's what happens as you lose muscle, as we age, it's defined as sarcopenia. Since strength is highly correlated to muscle cross-sectional area, the amount of muscle mass that you have, the average individual will lose approximately 40% of their muscle mass between the ages of 20 and 70. That's 40% between the ages of 20 to 70. So you can see it starts at a young age. Maybe you're not thinking about it in your 20s and 30s, but it's happening certainly in your 40s all the way up to our 70s and beyond, but from 20 to 70, we're going to lose about 40%. So it's never too early to start offsetting this muscle loss. At any age, you want to be doing some kind of strength training. There's another way to look at it. After age 30, you begin to lose as much as 3 to 5% per decade of muscle mass, 3 to 5% per decade. So we really start to see something at age 30. And most men will lose about 30% of their muscle mass during their lifetimes. So interestingly, there is a slightly greater loss of strength in the lower extremities compared to the upper extremities. So the lower body is going to lose a little bit more strength than the upper body. And it's estimated to be anywhere from 22 to 
of the older population will develop sarcopenia. So half of the population is going to develop sarcopenia. And those people that are exercising, man, it's just going to happen. It's, if you're not exercising, it is going to happen. While the loss of muscle mass is an independent risk factor for the development of disability, it alone does not fully explain the decline in strength associated with aging. So it's not all about muscle mass. And it's not all doom and gloomy, okay? There is hope. With a properly designed strength program, you can slow and even reverse the loss of muscle mass. So we're going to start off today. We have some, mentioned it last week, we have some new software. So we're going to take some stuff off the screen here. And we're going to bring up, let's take some more stuff off the screen here. We're going to bring up a little slide for us to look at okay and for those people who are listening to this and they can't see it we're showing a slide of a 40 year old a, a cross-sectional area as so we take the muscle of a 40 year old triathlete and sliced it in half okay like across it and we can see that there's a little bit of bone there's a little bit of um other tissue, and then this big mass that we see looks like a steak is the muscle of the 40-year-old triathlete. We come down to the second slide, the second part of the slide, and you'll see now for the 74-year-old sedentary man that, yeah, we still had that bone in there, but now it's kind of looked like not this nice, smooth muscle mass. It almost looks like, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of here? Ground beef looks like ground beef, and it's not solid. It was almost squiggly, and then almost half of that space around it is now adipose tissue. Okay, so before there was very little adipose tissue around that muscle. Now there's like half of this circle, or the muscle is adipose tissue. But the key here is that when we take a look at the seventy-year-old triathlete. It has the same muscle mass, the same and fatness as the 40-year-old triathlete, while the sedentary, 74 sedentary-year-old man shows a significant decrease in muscle mass and increase in fat. And you can see right in the screen how you've got all this fat now in that middle score, that middle picture around that muscle mass. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't look as solid. It doesn't look as strong. It looks kind of like like I said, like ground beef rather than a nice steak. So it, as you can see in this image, it is possible to retain muscle mass into late adulthood through vigorous exercise activity. Inherently, aging is associated with a preferential decrease in the size of the type 2 or the fast twitch muscle fibers compared to this type 1 slow twitch muscle fibers. So we've spoken about this before, fast twitch muscle fibers, type 2 muscle fibers. If you had a lot of fast twitch muscle fibers, you might be a, a shot putter or a sprinter in the Olympics. If you had a lot of type 1 muscle fibers or the slow twitch muscle fibers, you would, might be, if you had a lot of that, you might be an endurance runner. You might be a marathon runner. Us normal people, you're about 50-50 or so, okay? But as we age... It's the fast twitch muscle fibers. Those, those tight two muscle fibers that we really lose. 
And that's what's important in life. And we'll see in a few minutes. Other changes that occur with aging are an increase in connective tissues altered by muscle metabolism and motor unit remodeling, approximately 1% decrease in the number of motor units each year. So the motor units that tell the muscle to work, we decrease them as well. So between the muscle fibers and the connective tissues and an altered metabolism and the remodeling of the motor units, this all affects our strength and our power as we age. All these changes go into the loss of strength. And the loss of fast twitch muscle fibers has a major impact on your muscle's ability to generate the necessary force required for specific tasks. This loss of muscle power can have negative effect or negative implications for the individual's health and physical functioning. In our daily living, we can change this. We can reverse this with proper exercise training. And we'll talk about what that training is a little bit further on. So muscle power is shown to decline earlier and more steeply than does muscle strength. So we have our second slide today. We can see in this slide that for those people who are not able to watch or listening, we have a graph and across the bottom of the graph, the x-axis axis, we have aging from age 20 to 90. And in the y-axis, the axis that would go up would be a muscular strength and power percentage. And the first major line that we see is that the large red line, the one that comes down the most, is our leg power. That's the line furthest in. The second line, or the blue line, is leg strength. That doesn't quite decrease as quickly as or as much as leg power. And the leg muscle area decreases even slower. So although we lose leg muscle area and we lose it on a, in a sloped fashion, that is the, I guess you might say the thin or the orange line, you can see that the leg strength, the blue line, decreases faster than that leg muscle area and that the leg power decreases the, mo the, power, the most. So power is mostly associated with successful performance of many functional activities that is muscle strength, making it a key factor that is needed to recognize and address the exercise programs. This is what is the key in an exercise program. If you go into a, a facility, if you're not coming here and you're working with a coach, whoever it might be, and you're concerned with your ability to improve your health span, to be able to live longer and be able to enjoy those extra years, doing all those things you want to do, whatever it is, playing golf, hiking, cycling, whatever it is, we're going to see even some of the more basic activities that we do in life. This needs to be incorporated into your program. Numerous systematic reviews and expert recommendations, and I highly recommend it myself, the importance of using explosive power-resistant exercise movements in older adults' programs to improve their functional ability at all levels. Now, although the loss of muscle mass, strength, and power is a hallmark feature of aging, it varies widely amongst individuals and is more prominent in women in other countries. My next illustration, you can see, and for those who can't see that, researchers utilize the handy grip strength test, 
okay? If you aren't aware, researchers have shown that powerful grip strength is correlated to longevity. So they say with this grip strength, you can predict your overall strength, health, as well as your risk for cardiovascular disease. It's just a simple tool. You grab it and you squeeze it. As you age, the stronger your grip, the more likely you are to survive disease, diseases like cancer. So let's get back to the research for a second here. Researchers found that in the U.S., approximately 10% of 60 to 79-year-olds, 60 to 79-year-olds, that would be the circle to the left. We have three circle graphs here. The circle to the left has lower than normal muscle strength. So 10% of 60 to 79-year-olds have lower than normal muscle strength. And then we jump to the middle the middle circle, it shows that 53% have lower than normal muscle strength in the 80-plus age group. And this is according to the data by the Centers of Disease Control. So you can just see by these circles, I need to go back one there, that that muscle strength over 60, 60, 79, and then over 80, it just... We just continue to lose it, and it is a predictor for longevity. So according to the same data, non-Hispanic Hispanic and Asians have the highest rate of lower than normal strength with Hispanics coming in second. So we look at our next slide here. Um, actually, I think it's a slide along here. Here we go. Right well. We're not going to jump ahead of our slides. So, so we're all looking to extend health span, right? And if you want to live till 80 plus and be active and enjoy doing the things you want to do, you will need to be strong. You still need to be strong. Even though it's not necessarily a power thing, you still need to be strong. So grip strength may not be that exciting. It probably isn't life-changing if you can't open a jar of pickles. But low levels of muscle strength are associated with increased difficulty with daily tasks, such as rising from a chair. So in our next illustration, you will see, for those people who are listening and not watching, we have another graph and we have muscle strength across the bottom in the y-axis, and we have percentage of strength um, going up the y-axis, the up the vertical axis. And you can see the percentage of adults age 60 and over with difficulty rising from a chair by muscle strength. So 13% of 60 plus, okay, 60-year-old people, have difficulty rising on a chair. Intermediate, about 26%, and very weak, about 55% have difficulty getting up from a chair. That's a lot of people just getting up from a chair. So when I talk about having an active life and being able to go on out and do what you want to do as far as, I don't know, golfing, hiking, swimming, playing with your grandchildren, whatever it might be, you can see that there's a percentage of people over 60 who have difficulty just riding, raising up from a chair. 
And that's due to the muscle strength. In the next thing, figure, we're going to show you that this is the prevalence of sarcopenia around the world. So here we see the prevalence of sarcopenia. It may be higher in some countries compared to other. According to the review of the literature, research shows that Japan has the highest prevalence of sarcopenia among older adults fired by Brazil, South Korea, and the U.S. So the U.S. is fourth. When we compared men have a little bit less than women, but this is how prevalent sarcopenia is around the world. U.S. is not far behind. So resistance exercises or strength training can increase your muscle mass, strength, power, and quality, and improve muscle metabolism even at the oldest age. Aerobic exercise training can improve muscle metabolism, but it does not affect muscle mass, strength, power, or quality. I'm going to just say that again because I know people like to just say, you know, I walk. Or I go down to the gym and I get on that aerobics. I get on that elliptical machine or whatever it is. Aerobic exercise training, great for the heart. Okay? And it can improve your muscle metabolism. But it does not affect muscle mass, strength, power, or quality. And this is why I wrote my book, Get Stronger, Live Longer. Yes, aerobic activity is important. But when you perform resistance training correctly, you will also improve your aerobic capacity. And these are the reasons why I believe strength training is more important than aerobic training in slowing or even reversing the aging process to improve your health span. If you came to me and you said, I want to live longer, I only have two days a week to work out, okay? And I want to live longer. I want to improve my health span. I want to improve my function. I want to move better. I want to feel better. I even want to maybe lose a little bit of fat. I would advise you to do strength training. That's what I would advise you to do, a correct design, a correctly designed program will improve all these things more than aerobics. Okay. On a side note, regarding weight or fat loss. Okay. Cause many people are concerned with that. The loss of skeletal muscle mass is accompanied by an increase in both subcutaneous and intramuscular fat mass. Subcutaneous fats is that jiggly fat visible just underneath the skin. Okay. Subcutaneous fat is the normally harmless and may even protect against some disease. Intramuscular fat is mainly triglycerides stored in adipose cells, okay? And it's embedded in the connective tissue of the muscles. So as meat is cooked, triglycerides melt, and they bathe, and they just hang out right in those muscle fibers. Then there's visceral fat, and that's the fat that surrounds the organs. That is fat is terrible for you, okay? So when we lose our muscle mass, these are the kinds of fats that we increase, the data is not clear on how much fat is typically gained throughout the middle adulthood, but fat mass appears to stabilize in the sixth decade, okay? Changes in body fat distribution have been more clearly documented in older adults experienced an increase in intra-abdominal fat accompanied by a decrease in the subcutaneous fat in our limbs. Abdominal obesity increases the risk of cardiovascular disease and diabetes. It's a fat that's a big belly. These changes are due to a combination of factors, including some genetics, physical inactivity, dietary habits, and some hormonal changes. 
So both aerobics and resistance training have been shown effective in reducing fat mass in older adults. Without resistance training, there'll be a loss of muscle and a decrease in your metabolism. Again, why is it so important to do strength training? Why did I write that book? That selling book? Because of these reasons. So the hallmark of the aging process also is a loss of collagen throughout the body. And this is often noticed in the form of skin wrinkling in the older adults. Gross, right? None of us want that. None of us like to see wrinkling. Wrinkled skin. But more importantly, the loss of collagen in soft tissue with aging can be seriously leading to an increase in stiffness and the loss of elasticity in the muscles, the tendons, and the ligaments. So the loss of the collagen impairs our overall flexibility, our joint mobility, and our shock, absor shock absorption during loading. In all of these major joints, and all of the major joints can be affected by this. But loss in thoracic spine, hip, and ankle mobility are common and can have a significant impact in the ability, in your functional ability. Looking at how the body is stacked, those joints are the joints that are designed to be mobile. That's the ankle, the hip, and the T-spine. And when one of their, they lose their mobility, the stable joints overcome, try to overcompensate, and they lead to injury. Also, proper joint mobility is a necessary prerequisite for proper movement patterns. So when joint mobility is lacking, the body finds a way to compensate for the loss, which often leads to problems in other areas of the kinetic chain. For example, loss of ankle mobility or ankle dorsiflexion causes a backward shift of the body during the squatting pattern, which often compensates for by excessive forward lean. We think about that. We think about that here at Yes Fitness because every program would work on ankle mobility, work on hip mobility, work on T-spine mobility, because we want to make sure that those joints are moving the way they're supposed to join. This simple task requires, requires a lot more than just strength. So when we take a closer look at how power can affect one's daily living, okay, we have just a quick review. Sarcopenia equals age-related decline in muscle strength, muscle mass and muscle strength. Muscle strength declines 30% on average from the age of 50 to 70 with a more dramatic loss after age 70. Keep in mind there's a large degree of variability between individuals, and it's the fast-twitch muscles, the type 2 muscle fibers that declines 20 to 50%. The slow twitch muscle fibers show little change. So the next graph I just threw up here for a section is just a, a functional trajectory of aging. So across the bottom, we have age and along the side of the y-axis, we have functional capacity. And we see in our early years that we kind of climb, 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 climb in our trajectory. The the green line, pardon me, the purple line represents someone who's exercising and the orange line represents someone who's not been exercising. So we kind of um, peak out in our late 20s, early 30s, and then we started decline through our middle years and our later years. And you can see that the purple line does not decline anywhere as near as quickly or as far as the 
orange line does all to the point where when we get to our later years, stuff that we like to do, we can no longer do our travel plans with our grandchildren or golf. We can't do anymore. Our disability or actually our needs decline. So that just makes sense. This is what happens if you don't exercise this. this that's the trajectory of aging is the orange line. If you're not exercising, you're not doing some strength training. It's the purple line if you are exercising and doing some strength training. So I'm going to take a quick look here at another graph for you. This graph shows four activities we do. And across the bottom, we have balance, raising up from a chair, gait speed, and strength. And the y-axis is the average percent difference, okay? And we're comparing what resistance training, how resistance training affects each of these things and how power training affects each of these activities. And you can see with balance that strength, resistance training doesn't even get to 10% difference, okay? Whereas power makes a huge difference, almost up to 25%. Just a simple thing is balance, okay? When we're rising up from the chair, we just talked about that 55% of the people who have difficulty getting up out of a chair over age 60. The rise of a chair strength, okay? Go get on that squat press machine at knee extension, but guess what? It doesn't even affect it by 10%, whereas power exercises gets up to about 23 or 24%, okay? Gait speed, okay? Gait speed is a value, valid, reliable, sensitive measure appropriating for accessing and monitoring functional status and overall health in a wide range of populations. Our gait speed, again, strength doesn't even affect the 10%, whereas power affects it more than 10%. And finally, just basic strength, resistance training. Okay, resistance training is going to affect our strength a little bit more than power, but you can see power also affects our strength. So here again, why should we be doing power exercises? This is why we should incorporate it, okay? And, and interesting here, gait speed, okay? I thought about this, almost forgot about this. These capabilities have led to the, its designation as the sixth vital sign. Walking speed is now considered the fifth, sixth vital sign. So for those who walk naturally at 2.2 miles per hour, okay, or faster, we're likely to have lived longer than those to be predicted of the same age and sex alone. 2.2 miles an hour. Now you might think, oh, that's pretty slow. But you notice people as they get older, they start to shuffle. And when they start to shuffle, there's a decline. You're not likely to live as long, okay? The cutoff point for gait speed was determined to be 0.7 meters per second. After adjusting for age and sex, a slower gait speed, less than 0.7 meters per second, was found to be associated with an increased risk for falls. So, again, we go back to this graph. Gait speed, power, balance. Power. We need to do power training in our programming. Finally, we're going to take a look at one last graph here, okay? For those people who are not able to look at the graph, you can only see it. It just reaffirms what we just talked about. The red is like power, okay? And blue is like strength. So when we take a look at stair climbing, okay, just 
the simple thing. I'm not even talking about being this really active person going out and playing pickleball in the 80s, okay? I'm talking about getting up and down the stairs. Power, leg power is, is used more than strength. It's more prevalent than strength, okay? When you talk about CST, which is a clear, the chair stand test, okay? Again, power. The tandem gait test, power. The habitual gait, power. Maximal gait, again, still power. And finally, short performance, the short physical performance battery, which is a battery test we use for testing balance. Again, power is more important than strength. Not to say you don't need to be strong. You want to be strong, but you must be powerful. So just a quick repack, okay? Quick recap. Adults lose power faster than they lose strength or muscle mass. So it's definitely the case for Use it or lose it. Power is sneaky. Not something you may have ever thought about before. Unless you've been listening to me here, it affects our daily lives. It's very important to be addressing power in your program if you want to improve your health, if you want to improve your health span. So there you have it. I, I hope that made a case for you, that strong enough case for you to seek out someone or seek out the knowledge on how to power train correctly, safely in your exercise program. Because it is going to affect your average daily leaving, not living, not just health span, but it's going to affect your ability to get up and down out of chair, go up and down stairs, carry the laundry basket, do all those simple tasks. It's going to affect your balance as you age. When should you start? We already talked about it. We start to lose our muscle mass in our 20s. So you want to start as early as you possibly can. You want to build on it, okay? It's never too late to start, but you want to be building on that. As usual, if you have any questions about this or any concerns, you don't know where to start with your power program, how to do a power program, what power exercises are effective, that's another whole broadcast. It's a long one. Get a hold of me. Email me, text me, call me. You see our information across the bottom. Uh, you're welcome to get a hold of me, and I can give you some ideas because I want to make sure that you're improving your life as you're aging. It doesn't have to be a steady decline. So I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to what I have to say today. I hope it was helpful. I hope it would um, help you decide to make some changes in your exercise program or decide to start exercising if you're not now. And I always appreciate you taking the time from your busy day to listen to what I have to say. You can look for me again next Tuesday, where I'm going to give you more insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Thanks for watching.